Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional, unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. On today's Merienda episode, we partake in Salabat. But before we do that, Six, let's catch up. What have you been up to pop culture-wise? I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit slightly under the weather. Mm, but I feel I like know. I'm going under pop culture deja vu. Mm, tell from, me more. Tell from me more. seeing Olivia Rodrigo singing and dancing mm-hmm. with post-Grammy wins with Paris Hilton, seeing Stars Are Blind, to Loose Pants on Justin Bieber, thank God. Loose <laughs> Pants are coming back. I'm very happy with that. And J-Lo and Ben being engaged. Uh, I know. Do you think it's going to last? I don't know, but I like this feeling that we're coming back. Can they bring back the velour? Can they bring back <laughs> all this old school stuff? I am down for it. I am oh down gosh. for it. But then on the flip side, yes, to show our age, the harsh reality, if Posh and Bex become grandparents, oh dear, I'm going to sit in the corner eating wet cigarettes waiting for Lady Gaga to do puzzles <laughs> with me and bring me a Coke Zero. I will feel very old. I oh my gosh, well, I don't mind waiting for Lady Gaga. I think I certainly yeah. will. Oh dear, yes, yeah. that would be incredible if they become grandparents pretty soon, which means we're ancient. We're ancient, really and like, Posh is only like maybe a year older than me. <laughs> That's why I'm like, what's going on? What's oh, going no. on? You know, thank I God know. Yeah, Harper's young, but like, I just feel like I'm having pop culture deja vu, and I'm down with, I was happy when J-Lo and Ben got engaged, let's have more reboots of stuff, I'll be very happy, but I'm like, I, this tastes familiar. And like, you know, and it's not beneath me. I listen to Silk Sonic. I want the R&B like tunes to come back. Like, I love that vibe. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, the, yeah. Yeah. We're waiting for a renaissance of R&B. I agree. I think we need a good renaissance of R&B. I, there. Oh, there you go. Season five, renaissance of R&B. Yes. Yeah, so it would be uh, nice that, for I that. love that. Like gold okay, spinning off a spool. L- let me just yeah. ask you this question, though. Yes. Who else could get re-engaged besides J-Lo and Ben? Like, is there anyone else that could get re-engaged? I don't know. I feel like there was another famous couple that got back together. I think Ben Stiller and Christine Taylor got back together. Did they really? Yeah, which is kind of, and during pandemic, they still co-parented well and everything. And I think they found their way back. And I feel like there's someone else that got back together. But I don't know, the original Bachelors, I I have no clue. Okay, and then one more other follow-up on J-Lo and Ben. Yes. Did you see the J-Lo video of her showing off her engagement ring? No. Oh, it's, gosh. And it's not like the canary yellow, like the original, right? Is it green, no. this one? Okay, and tell it me. It was so blurry, but I have to tell you the creepiest thing. Mm-hmm. And I have to say it was a bit creepy. So uh. it's like they show J-Lo and it's like in slow, in this strange stuttered slow-mo, you see her hands, you see her kind of smiling, and yeah. then you just hear her say this kind of really creepy, it's perfect. Okay, <laughs> Listen, J-Lo and Ben, not like you're going to be listening to this little podcast no, of ours. but, but what the, I have to say, look at it, look it up, Sigs. It was a bit I will, strange. I, I will, but I would kill for them to reshoot the Jenny on the Block video. Oh, my God. You know, and the comparison, it would be Us Magazine, right? It'd be like just Jared or TMZ, like oh the little shots. They could yeah. do it again. 
They could do it again. Jenny from the block 2.0, right? Like, remember, everyone's, like, watching them and stuff. I am all down for it. I'm all good oh for my it. Gosh. Oh you know my what gosh, I mean? Maybe yeah. Lindsay Lohan will come back, too. Like, who well, knows? Yeah, but we can hope. We, we, can, can, we hope. can all right. hope. Now, what's on your pop concert lens since recent? Two things, okay. right? So, recently, we just finished watching season oh, two of Bridgerton. What did you think? What did you think? Well, very different from season one, I might add. Yes. But I really, my favorite line in the entire season was when the Viscount says, you are my greatest bane and the source of my greatest desire. Burn and I just thought, oh, sweetness. <laughs> you know, how love is both stinging and how enemies can become lovers. And that's certainly what I found to be the season's meditation on love, as opposed to season one, which was love can't be denied or love is unstoppable in a lot of ways. And of course, I also enjoyed the color blind casting, you know, that's still enjoyable. She's, yeah. Simone Ashley's gorgeous. And I even like the things where they leaned right in and put her in purples. Yes. And fuchsia. Like, she looked gorgeous. Like, she looked tangerine orange. Like, just sexy, beautiful. And, like, props on them. Props on them to have, like, South, South Asians. As like the romantic leads, loving it. Yeah, I'm these South it. Asian folk, wonderful, really Gorgeous. wonderful in terms of like of just the colors. Like it was a different color palette too. It was great because yeah. last season was very pastel-y yeah. in a lot of ways, mm. and it made sense. But you know, you put pastels on people with darker skin, we you know, it good. doesn't look so great. No. So that's why you need the jewel tones, the and nice. so yeah. wonderful to see the jewel tones Gorgeous. in a lot of ways. I have some questions for you. Then I have follow ups mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. you. Let's be honest. I do love the main characters, like Edwina. I love Kate. I love Mm -hmm, Anthony. mm -hmm. But where are you on? And I want to know about Michael, too, my darling Misha. Where are you on, Penny or Eloise? What side are you on? Oh, so difficult. So difficult. Well, I don't know that I fully landed on anything since we've just recently watched the finale. But I would have to say... I think it comes down to Eloise. And the reason why is... Because I think, why didn't Penn trust Elle with her secret? If Elle trusted Penn with her secrets, why couldn't she do it the other way around? So there was a lack of reciprocity there. So I just felt, Penn, like you could have said this, you know, and Elle is entitled to her rage in all of that. I really like that plot line. I think that Eloise is in a different like social stature, like being part of the Bridgerton clan versus the Featheringtons. Yeah, yeah. I really like that side plot. I think they're fantastic. I think it's, it drives it. I know like in the books, like Penelope and Eloise have their stories to come and Colin also. But yeah. it was just firing up. And like it's I think it was Mindy Kaling that wrote, I don't care what anyone says, I'm Team Penelope. You can mm-hmm. hate me or whatever. Yeah, I, I see both know that sides. I hate anyone for it, yeah. right? But I do see both sides. But yeah. I think to myself, oh, like to me at least, friendships are about reciprocity. It's true. And it's about being able to do things for each other. And so if Eloise trusted Penn with all of her confidences, why couldn't it have been the other way around? Because I think Eloise would have probably actually helped her with she, the gossip. She would have, and she would have been shielded a bit better. But I just, you know, me and the underdog, this is like one of the first like things where you and I don't agree on. I'm like, I am team Penn. But I do like the Eloise character. I like Claudia yes, Jesse. Yes. I think she's a great actress. I love the Diane Keaton style of her. Like, yes, it's wonderful. Yes. It's endearing. And I look well, for those little plots. I think they're great. What's clever about 
the Eloise pen is, is that we got our breakup, even though they're not in a romantic yes. relationship. So I just thought, oh, that's interesting. Shonda, you're very fascinating. Let's talk about Scandal, but in Regency era, Great Britain. Mm. And then let's also give you a breakup, but not the type of breakup, you know? So it's kind of like any other good, you know, contemporary drama that we would get today, but not necessarily with romantic leads, you know, in this case, really best of best of friends. You said it perfectly. Shonda showed a breakup. There was a breakup of a, a relationship. Yeah. And I just thought, that's clever, right? Like, how do you show a breakup? in Regency-era Britain in this alternate timeline reality mm. with colorblind casting without necessarily kind of breaking up the institution of marriage. And that's like, oh, smart. Break up the best friends that have been built up. And it wasn't kind of the viewers didn't get what they wanted, which was at some point, I mean, I was rooting for Eloise to find out and then be okay with it. But yeah. the way it unfolded, it was like, oh, a breakup. Of course, afterwards, Michael was like, oh, you know that they're going to find a way to bring them back together again as friends, right? Yeah. And it was like, yep, 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 But yep. It, there was such a payoff just with Eloise's yeah. face. She's like, that's a interesting observation. And then mm. you're like, finally, you know, you know. Yes. And you just saw yes. on her face. It just registered. But like Shonda Rhimes from Sandra Oh and Ellen Pompeo, like those, like you're my chosen one, like those type of relationships, she knows how to capture it. And I just thought that was like a great payoff. So Yeah, really great payoff. The other thing that I've been watching pop culture wise yeah. is actually I have taken in back the procedural dramas. And so Ooh. I have actually ended up watching the reboot of Law and Order or uh, the recontinuation. And, and how was it? Yeah, how was it? How was it? Well, you know, it's everything like Law and Order should be. Procedural, you can very much understand where they're going, rip from the headlines. I just think the only thing that's different is that they're just providing commentary on today's world, Kurt, you know, ah. which is kind of interesting. It's kind of like, well, you know, the, whether it's about the Me Too movement or digital harassment or what justice is for victims, it's still fascinating. It's Now, do I think I'm going to watch every episode? No, not necessarily, but it's still fun to watch. So it's been nice kind of taking in the last couple of episodes. I think I've watched four episodes out of like the six or seven that are currently out right now. But it's been fun kind of seeing all the different parties or all the different players backing onto the scene. Yeah. Some returning people, some new people. And then again, there's just a sense of familiarity because it's a procedural drama that we all know and love and understand what's going to happen next. And then it's like going to move over to the Crown Attorneys now trying to make the case after the cops have gotten the bad guys, quote unquote. And then just really interesting commentary, too, on the police and the pressures they now face in light of today's reality. So fascinating to watch. And it's been fun to kind of get back into a little bit. I love seeing your face because it looks like you just wrapped yourself in a warm blanket because it's like your comfort food. Yeah, 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 yeah. It totally is. It is totally like comfort food in some ways. So that's been kind of nice to get into. Now, speaking of comfort and speaking of today's topic is our merienda, which all season long we've been doing it on Filipino drinks. And in this case, the merienda episode is on Salabat. And yes. so, Salabat, what is it? And fun facts about the drink. So tell us, Sigs, tell our listeners what Salabat is and what fun facts you know. Salabat, S-A-L-A-B-A-T, is a traditional Filipino tea made with fresh ginger. Now there's spicy heat of this ginger soothes the sore throat and provides comfort, especially during cold and flu seasons. Mm. It's just like, think of ginger tea brewed slowly and with a hint of citrusy, and this is the Filipino part, calamansi. Now mm -hmm. the Filipino, that's the Filipino lime. And right. it wasn't just the cure 
overall for colds, coughs, upsets, stomachs, nausea, and other ailments. And I'm laughing right now because you can tell by my voice, I'm just getting over mm-hmm. sickness. And I had to delay our, our taping because I just didn't have a voice aside from nothing else. I called Jesse yesterday. I'm like, can we just delay? He's like, not a problem. And listeners, as if you don't know right now, I'm actually holding a jar of Salabat. <laughs> like, because I've been consuming it, Ludi's all-natural brand. That's in a nutshell. It's really simple, Jez, and I, I have, like, so many ties to this drink through my family, but what have you seen about and know about Salabat from, like, the top of your head? And what? Very similar, very similar to what you've just described and put out there. And I just have to say, as a side note to all our listeners, I just thought it was so appropriate that Siggy's like, I'm under the weather. I can't talk. I've been drinking five cups of Salabat. <laughs> and can we please delay this taping? And of course we did, right? Mm. He, you know, here at the Hollow Hollow podcast, we like to accommodate everyone, and, <laughs> you know, in addition to elevating everyone at the same time. But I kind of think of it exactly the same way, which is it's about, you know, soothing one's sore throat or providing comfort in some way, shape or form. But I have to say, I've seen a lot of regional varieties. I've Mm -hmm. seen regional recipes with honey and or lemon added afterwards or sometimes added in the midst of the boiling, sometimes being boiled with sweet potatoes or sometimes being boiled with brown sugar. I've had it served hot. I've had it served cold. The closest Canadian interpretation that I've ever seen of it is David's tea, which is their ginger's honey tea, you know, is what I've seen. And in recent years at Asian grocery stores, have I seen instant versions of Salabat, you know, tea. So that's always been interesting. It's been kind of like, oh, like now it's kind of like it comes in like a Lipton package that you just kind of open up and Mm. then it dissolves, the crystals dissolve as you add hot water to it. So that's what I'm used to. But I have to say some of my most formative memories growing up when I, of course, wasn't feeling well was my dad actually making homemade Salabat and him just chopping up the ginger and then putting it into like a steel pot watching the water boil and then his version would be to just take it out and then add sugar or brown that's, sugar afterwards so I don't know if you've had yeah, that's memory. exactly because at first I'd be like are you making sinigang and it's like no we're making salabat and you know as a kid you're like ginger in hot water and then I would just yeah. consume it and I'm like oh like it would just use my throat hot water and it was just very like low-key also yes. I mean it's such a mixture of cultures, like my parents being Filipino, coming to Canada, mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. so incorporated. Okay, you're going to give your kid ginger ale as a kid. But my mom's <laughs> yes. like, no, we're going to boil some ginger, add the brown sugar, right, and, and just use that. And I just, I remember in it, and you probably did the same thing, you would be in like the mug from Corel with the green yes. flowers on yes, it. Yes, and yes, you know, yes. you'd have a bowl of synagogue, but then you'd also have a little cup of it. And my That's parents right. would drink the broth from the soup, but my mom would make it. And you don't even realize what, how low-key I'm like, oh, this actually helps. It clears your throat. Yes. It, it clears your nose. You start, you know, getting that those clearings. But it yeah, certainly that's exactly clears it. your sinuses, just exactly like Vicks it. Vapor Rub. But I think certainly for me, yes, again, I have had strong associations with, with my dad who would make it for me when I wasn't feeling well. But I have to say in recent years, when I've said to my mom, oh, I'm not feeling well or mm-hmm. I've just been under the weather, she just goes to her pantry and then gives me the instant variety yeah, of Yeah, that's what I have. 
when I say I have a sore throat or like I'm not feeling well. I just think it's fascinating. I think it's really fascinating that way, like how it's kind of modernized and evolved over time instead of actually having it homemade, getting a fresh cut piece of ginger. You know, it's, it. it's just as easy. And I have to tell you, if I did a blind taste test, I don't know that I could tell the difference. Like that's really? the other thing. I don't think I could tell the difference between homemade and then instant. And I know that sounds probably scandalous to say, but <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because I don't think I could notice the difference. But either way, it feels comforting. It feels warm and it feels healthy. I guess is the other thing to say about it as but, well. But Tito and Tita probably put good, generous amounts of like sugar, brown sugar I'm in sure it. Because I don't think my parents did. They would put maybe just yeah. a little and then a little bit of lemon. But yes. folks, as I'm looking at my ginger juice salabat like mix in front of me, I'm going to have to share this with the listeners. The ingredients are simply ginger, sugar, cayenne, and calamansi. Oh, cayenne. That's like, really interesting. And that's yeah. where the kick is, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But no, I could tell the difference because my parents didn't sweeten it. But like this jar we swear by. And we got reintroduced to it when my wife was pregnant with uh, my daughter Delaney. And mm. obviously you couldn't have any meds. And my wife wasn't feeling well. So mom's like, oh, it's Emily, let's have some saliva. She's like, what is this? She's like... Better than peppermint tea, let me tell you. And Emily would have it. Like, she had a little bit of, you know, a little under the weather. She'd have it. Like, this is perfect. Like, yeah, it's the yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. little thing. And you know what? For the past, like, 24 hours, it's helped me be able to chair my meetings and stuff at work without any mm. gravelly voice. And right. this is in our Filipino fanny pack, Kuya, right? Like, salabat and, like, yeah, uh, mixed vapor rum. Yeah, it pretty much is. Mixed vapor It pretty rum. much is. First line of defense in terms of any type of folklore remedies. It's our cheapest remedies. And, you know, for me, it's typically associated with the rainy season or the cold season or when it gets cold in the Philippines or when it gets cold or when we feel sick or, you know, flu season or fever season or cold season is around. Now, interestingly enough, I think that when and I don't know if you've had this experience that when we're offered salabat, especially in the Philippines, if you've been offered salabat without saying like I'm sick, you know, sometimes the offerer assumes you're sick. So sometimes my reply or what we've been told to say is, you know, I'm not sick, right? You know, and I don't know if you've had that experience as well. The other time that I've also seen a lot of Salabat being drunk is after and during Holy Week. So apropos that we're actually doing this right now, you know, where there's continuous singing and the singers need their throats to be soothed. And so they'd be all offered salabat in terms of all of the singing and chanting that be doing during Holy Week. Have you ever had that experience? Have you seen that happen? No, I, I have heard about it like within the churches. My mom, I think, did mention it because when you provided that point, I'm like, no, that's so right. It just, it seems yeah, so cultural. Yeah. I, I agree so with you. It's all medicinal and healing. And yes. of course, it's going to occur during Holy Week is when you see a lot of salabat tea being offered. You know, and I just have to say that that's really very much the tea culture, the tea drinking culture in the Philippines. And I don't think the Philippines as a whole is known for drinking tea, but when we do drink tea, it's usually conceptualizing tea as an herbal remedy for coughs and colds, sore throats, respiratory, cardiovascular issues. This is like in contrast to the British or the people from India or people from China, yes. long established 
tea drinking cultures where it's about taste, it's about afternoons, it's about socializing. But for us in the Philippines, tea drinking is all about feeling better. Exactly. And, and it being an herbal remedy more than anything else. I don't know if you've heard any, of any other Filipino teas besides Salabat, but no. I know that there's been like pandan tea. You oh, know, pandan which, tea. So what's with the yeah. flavor with that? Is it just. Yeah, well, it kind of actually tastes like buku pandan. No, I was going to ask you, does ways. it taste like buku pandan? A little bit. And, you know, it's been known to prevent gout and healthy hearts or promotes healthy hearts and healthy kidneys and your oh, blood pressure. I know that. Yeah. And then there's been like lemongrass tea, which it would taste exactly like that lemongrass. Oh, yeah. And it's supposedly helpful for digestion. And then malungai tea, usually the bark used for fencing material and for tanola, like the leaves that you would tanola, use. In tanola, yes. Yeah. It can be boiled. And apparently has detoxifying properties. Yeah. And then there's, of course, you would expect calamansi tea. That right? makes sense. Similar to salabat. Yeah. You know, more sour than lemon tea Ooh, in, like in a lot of ways. But all of these teas, including salabat, have been associated as being herbal remedies as opposed to anything else. Now, for you, you've had like five cups of salabat yes. in recent hours, I guess, or, you know, I, in I the last day or so. T- yeah. Like yesterday, I think I had five. I had a couple today, like to get me through. Like I had a little bit of coffee and then I just had it throughout the day. So for our listeners that don't know what salabat tastes like, tell us your impression okay. of what oh. salabat tastes I'm like. I'm going to give you some ASMR. Mm. It starts off sweet. Mm-hmm. I can, you love the calamansi citrus. And like how I mentioned, there's a little bit of cayenne. Not enough. Like I can handle spice, but a yes. little bit of a kick. And I add a little bit more lemon juice to have that sourness right. in it. Mm-hmm. I can understand when it's hot, it really aids you. But when Kuya had mentioned earlier, you can have it cold. I can see how you can have it cold, like a, yeah. a, a southern tea, right? Yeah. A sweet tea. It's just like a honey's halls, a honey lemon halls. Yes, yes, yes. Do you yes. agree with that? Like, I feel like that's it, it hits me really, really well. Yeah, if Sweden, to me, it almost tastes like a lozenge, right? Mm. And I think you've said it best. Like, it, it tastes like a lemon halls in mm. some ways. I find that the instant taste as well, for me, is really refreshing at, at first. And then it has, a for me, a spicy kick or finish at the end. It's hot, and yeah. that spicy finish starts with really, you know, again, that kind of like shot to the back of your throat and then feels really warm and comforting towards the end as I kind of take that first gulp, you know, of my salabat tea. That captures it perfectly. Mm, yes, 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 yes. As I guzzle some more. <laughs> as you guzzle some more. So as you're guzzling some more, I'm going to let our listeners know, you know, that this episode has just been a wonderful episode to just kind of talk about tea and the fact that our tea culture is really more about healing and being healthy in some ways. So that takes us to the end, Sigs. So take us out. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, and have any advice or recommendations for Salabati, Email us at holohollowpopculture at gmail.com. The Hollow Hollow Podcast is available for on all podcast platforms. Rate us and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter, our handles at holohollowpop, and on Instagram at holohollowpopculture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chelteringen, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you soon. Mm, and get better, Sigs. Oh, thanks, Kuya, and happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, too. <laughs>